Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon supporters. Find out how you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month and get early and ad-free listening. In fact, you're listening to this a, a week late, and it's completely ad-supported with ads like uh, MyBookie. Um, go to mybookie.ag because if you're a football fan, you know that the season's halfway over already and the Bears aren't doing crap. But it's time for you to get off the sidelines and get in the game with mybookie uh, with your money. Mybookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorites, pro and college, uh, for football action every weekend. They have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, bet with my bookie. And if you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one tiny little parlay bet. And when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? Well, my bookie wants to get your mind off everything and back in the game. Best part is... If you join right now, MyBookie is going to double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit. So you can use it on all your favorite picks. Promo code CHAIR activates the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. If you don't know how to spell CHAIR, well, you got problems. Visit MyBookie.ag today because if you play, then you could win and then you'll get paid. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Cubby Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Lucho Scali Sunrento Michael Sunrento Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Michael Cotton You sounded like a Thanksgiving monster. <laughs> Sun Ranto, gabble gabble. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's the Sun Ranto Show. My name's Danny Rocket. It's uh, Sunday, the 24th of November, and I'm uh, I'm here with my friends. We've got... Uh... How you doing, baby? Oh, doing good. Good, good, good. good. And, of, of course... Uh, Fresh from Club 400 and the uh, holiday uh, Cubs parody sing-along, we've got our good friend... Creepy crawlies hiding under rocks and creepy crawlies living in a tree. How are you? I'm doing great, man. What 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 a fun weekend at Club 400, and uh, I was also at the Chicago Sports Spectacular, so a lot of very Cub-centric weekend. Yeah, and I'm amazed. I asked you right before we went live. I said, "Hey, how you feeling, Crawley?" Because you were lit up last night. You were lit up. You're dancing around, singing up on the stage, going nuts. 
And I'm like, he's going to be hurting tomorrow. And then you told me you don't get hung over. No, it's uh, it's one of those rare gifts that I have. Um, I, I just don't. I don't. I can't explain it. I know people do all sorts of things, but uh, no, fine. I hate you. <laughs> I I have like three beers. That's like my max because those three will make me wake up just a little on the edge. Well, remember that night when we were out in Maine and <laughs> and you got in a fight with that lady over pool. <laughs> yeah, I actually woke up not too horrible from that one. Oh, you you fell down the hill. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I was I was hammered. But no, the the point being, the next day when you guys thought I would be dead, I actually that one wasn't actually too bad. But yeah. that was actually what three years ago, four years ago. I feel like I've aged twelve years. Yeah, my hangovers are terrible these days. I don't know what's up. Um, but no, we had a great time, and uh, I drank a couple of White Claws out at uh, Club 400 with Wayne and Kathleen, and um, they're so cool. I've met them a bunch of times. Wayne Mesmer, and uh, sorry, I'm on first name basis with Wayne and Kathleen, so it's Wayne Mesmer and Kathleen Mesmer, and he was out there. He had his book, The Voice of Victory. Have you read this book? I have not, but I am going to read it. I've oh, never really? even heard of this book. Well, you have to give me the uh, cliff notes on it, because I'm not reading it. Um, I mean, what is it about? I, I mean, it's it's got to be kind of Jesusy, right? I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, you know, you know, he ta- he talks a lot about uh, the, the traumatic experience that he went through and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm sure that, that oh, when he got part. shot, yeah, he got shot in the throat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not a good look for a singer. Um, and that was it. he told me that story at in a bar one night at the Cubby I, Bar. I, I like that you you qualified that with singer because a normal human fine. Well, it's, shot in the throat, bad. Well, Michael, I've heard you sing. It's really a, kind of a service to humanity to shoot you in the throat. <laughs> I actually was shot in the throat, Danny. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. It's uh, amazing. Um, it's er, amazing uh, that I can even do a podcast. <laughs> and yet, every week, you ask me to scream your name. Yeah, like I'm your little hoe. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> Through your bullet-riddled larynx. <laughs> yeah, people don't know. I put the mic right up to my throat. Yeah, I have a little straw. That's where my voice. Did you from. not to get off track so early? But it would be, <laughs> but it would be fun. Did you ever have the guy come to your classroom with a hole in his throat? No, to warn you about the dangers of smoking. Correct. Did you have this guy? I, I went to school at at Hersey High School, District Two Fourteen, for uh, all you local kids, and um, yeah. <laughs> we had a guy come. Actually, I think that might have been junior high. That might have been the Catholic school I went to, St. James. So, and we all had to line up with a flashlight and look inside this hole in this old man's throat. And they wonder why I end up like I am. Really? Oh, yeah. That is strange. Well, I mean, it's a memory that you keep because you're going mean, to remember it's, it's that one day at thing just to see a guy with a throat like that, but then to force you to shine a light into it. Messed up. <laughs> yeah, Eddie had that thing that made him talk like this, you know. Uh, my grandpa, when he died of throat cancer, and they they took his throat or larynx, whatever the fuck they take, they took the thing between his chin and his chest, but uh, his neck. Then, yeah, and he was supposed to have one of those things like bruh, 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 bruh. voice box. Yeah, mm-hmm. my grandpa just decided to die instead. Yeah, he that's kind of said I'm done. Are you kidding me? If I had if I had to get that shit and I'm a smoker, so like I'm at risk. So like I would do this podcast with that thing. And people you be would? Like, oh, hell yeah. 
If it didn't hurt too much. Yeah. Right. And I'd smoke cigarettes through the goddamn hole in my throat. Well, I remember what's crazy is like in the early 2000s, because this was like when my grandpa was going through it. Uh, a lot of these people were finding out that if they used the Transformers toy that allowed children to talk like Transformers, it worked better than like the three thousand dollar fucking piece <laughs> of shit thing they got from the doctor. So there's all these like ex smokers with holes in their throats going around with Transformer toys. Well, be yeah, be, it, because it costs like fucking twenty bucks, and it worked better than the guy wow. than the thing is. All those things, just, rah, 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 rah. at least when you talk like a transformer, you know, you sound like Optimus Prime. That's like almost cool. Yeah, that going- makes that makes kids want to smoke. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and now with technology, you, you figure that they could, um, you know, make one that like made you sound like Jerry Seinfeld. You know, you're just like, what's the deal with this? What's omelet? the deal with this hole in my throat? <laughs> So, so we got off track early, but uh, we'll get back on now. And uh, and, <laughs> and here we go. Four hours later. Well, and you know, here's the thing about Club Four Hundred. It's such a beautiful place, and Crawley can vouch for this. Michael, you haven't been yet, right? So, but they no. they, they had a Christmas surprise, and last year the Christmas surprise was me getting two thousand dollars towards a new guitar after I busted my old one in spring training. 2069. Yeah, 69. 69, right? Nice. So 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 that's <laughs> it's it's no fun when you don't add in the 69. Come on. So there's the Christmas surprise last year. It's just me getting a guitar. This year it was a little girl who's disabled and she got a motorized wheelchair and it made me feel like the biggest asshole on earth for getting a guitar when there are little girls who need wheelchairs. Uh, you know, you know what, Danny, <laughs> just just kind of going on this. Yeah, Stuart does a lot, but but you come out and you provide a lot of entertainment and, no, you know, you don't expect anything other than, you know, just you're always there. It's a lot of fun having you there. So I think oh. that's kind of what's the motivation to, to kind of help you out there. You know? where you're wrong. I need your undying love, adoration, and devotion, Crawley. <laughs> That's what but I'm after. You got it last night. Crawley, I mean, who, we've who already have... talked about this. He makes me scream his name every week. It's <laughs> exactly. I'm like a fucking pharaoh. <laughs> he has a hole in his heart where, like, normal people just are fine. Well, that's why I need you guys. It's the only time I feel emotion is when I'm being adored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were you were adored last night. Everyone had a lot of fun with the carols, and and how about uh, Kathleen Mesmer actually getting up and singing with us, dude? That was a fucking hoot. She looked over at me right during the Gloria song because I I wrote Almora like Almora, and I go to Kathleen. I'm like, hey, take the high bit, and she went up there, and I was like, oh, oh my god, I'm surprised. I mean, I think half of uh, of the photo frames in uh Stewart's basement cracked during that song and she gave me a look like you're out of your mind you're making me sing this high but she did it and uh and she was up there Crawley was up there everybody was singing singing along we passed out 50 song sheets I saw people back at the bar singing along and so I'm super excited because we're gonna that was just round one because we're gonna do it again on December 20th so uh everybody meet at Nisei Lounge on December 20th at seven o'clock, and then we're gonna run around singing. If you're gonna be late, I don't know. Find us. We're gonna be the giant group of people singing and having a great time. I'll be tweeting updates, so if you want to know exactly where we are, I'll, I'll have it as we walk oh, into places. Yeah. 
you really are a great social media presence because like I, w- I left there last night and I hadn't taken a single picture. Other people had taken pictures. Um, you know, you were taking a lot of pictures. You took a ton of pictures of me. So I'm so happy you're there because otherwise, like, I'm not I don't have any pictures of me and my friends <laughs> like, and because of you. Yeah. I do. Danny just wants more pictures of him. <laughs> I, just, oh, I, I Photoshop you guys out. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or more important people in. Right, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say it. he puts in more important people. Here's me with Luke Skywalker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but actually, do you know what? Who I really love seeing. Uh, do you know um, uh, Jonathan and Megan? And they've got two kids. I only know the boy's name, Riley, and I forget the daughter's name. I feel bad about that. But um, do, do you know them? Yeah, they Jonathan's John- a great guy. Uh, he's a big Cub fan, big Pearl Jam fan. Uh, just a great family, and they kind of they come up uh, for all these uh, different events. He was there at the spectacular too uh, this weekend, so uh, he's a great guy. Absolutely, yeah. they came to great. John Baker Day, and they had their uh, they got the VIP table. Oh yeah, so, so he's they're they're just they're they're great people. But Riley showed up. He had his John Baker Day hat on, which was uh, autographed by John Baker. And then he wanted me to autograph it. So, I, and I did that at John Baker Day a while ago, but he wore it last night. It made me so happy that I took a picture of me and Riley. There's the one picture I took last night of me and Riley, and I uh, sent it to John Baker. And it was like, he's like, oh, I'm like, remember this kid? And he's like, oh, yeah, like, love that kid. And so, anyway, that it, those are just nice moments, you know? And um, anyway, I found out last night that Jonathan lets uh, Riley listen to our show. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I mean, oh, snap. The kid's like, oh, like I don't even know how old he is. What are they, like 12, 13? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. they're young, but, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, Corrupting the youth. We're going to go down like Socrates. We're going to be drinking hemlock within the year. I don't know. You know what? We've already provided a service. Kid, don't smoke. You'll have a throat thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and don't get shot in the throat either. And and just be glad that you're growing up in this day and age when you don't have to stand in line to look at an old man's hole in his throat because they <laughs> don't do that shit no more. I mean, stuff. Well, maybe he's upset that he doesn't get to do that. Yeah, I'd actually, I actually. Some kinda, people have weird kinks. Uh, hey, I wouldn't mind doing it right now. Um, But uh, instead, we're doing a podcast. And one more little bit of news about Club 400. This is exciting. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on the date. January 10th? January 10th is correct. Yep. Mitch Williams' wild thing. Coming to Club 400. That ought to be incredible. Does Mitch Williams still have a mullet? Oh, he God, does. I... He does not have a mullet anymore. But I'm. I'm definitely excited. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, Everyone needs to wear a mullet. I would. Yeah, I go. totally agree, Michael. I had the same thought. <laughs> Crawley, business in the front, party in the back. Yeah. Well, I actually already got half a mullet. I'll just wear it that way. I'll feather it. Um. Actually, I would need it curly, right? Yeah, it was yeah, kind of curly. You need to perm it up, yeah. Yeah, perm. I'll get a perm. I'm getting a perm for the tenth. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um. Anyway, we had a great time. Anything else to add about Club Four Hundred? No, just if you haven't been there, I, I don't know what you're waiting for. You're missing out on probably some of the most fun you could possibly have as a Cub fan. Yeah, and it, has uh, anybody else been announced for next year? Nope, Mitch. You know, Stu. Kind of. You know, you don't want to kind of give away all the the good secrets. You know, because it's like you want to focus on the event coming up. Mm-hmm. 
So in other words, you know, but you're not telling us. <laughs> well, and also you don't want to let a bunch of people know because then you find out like, you know, fucking bias is coming. And then for some reason he just can't do it. And then people are kind of assholes about it. You yeah, know? Thing, so you- things can fall through. And then the other thing, like I said, is, is that like, usually that's all they, they make the announcements of the players uh, at the next event of, okay, you know, next event is this. And that's when everyone kind of gets pumped up and, you kind of let it soak in. Yeah, there bit, was you know? a big old cheer and a yeah for Mitch Williams last night, for example. So, so yeah, well, go out there if you're in Chicago, if you want to. Hell, I mean, I bet you even if you live out of town, I bet your flights are cheap in January to Chicago because nobody ought to be here. Well, Mitch Williams is a fun one because, you know, and not to put anyone down, but there, there are guys that are around a lot that, that uh, you know, do a lot of signings, do a lot of events. Mitch Williams is somebody that kind of, you know, he, his, his life is in Texas now, you know, and uh, just not a guy that comes around often that you get to see often that you hear from. He hasn't been Cubs con in years. Yeah, uh, no, you, so. you're right. I haven't seen him in, I think, since I've been back, and that's like 2012. So, I mean, I, maybe I saw him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't even remember the last time I saw him. And then, I, you know, like I said, I've been to every Cubs con since like 2002 or something. Yeah, well, I loved him. I loved how he fell off the mound after his follow through, although they probably would tell you not to do that anymore. You're like, you're not in fielding position, you idiot. <laughs> you know. Uh, not only that, he, he had that somehow he would always enter an inning completely load the bases and then strike the next strike out the side. It was always a, it was always an adventure watching him, but it was fun. Yeah. Well, the, the old, uh, the, the Tribune and the, the old Cubs brass, uh, I don't forget who signed him. I don't, I don't even know, but who the general manager was at that time. But, um, do you know, that's Let's kind see, of a we're talking about 1988, 89 Mitch Williams. Was that still Dallas green then? No, no, it's not green anymore. It might be Jim Fry. I'd have to take a look. Did he take over as GM? Yeah. Yeah. See, I wasn't following front office news back then because I was, uh, you know, 14. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. So, um, but no, I, I I forgot my larger point. Doesn't matter. Mitch Williams is coming on uh, January 10th. We have to move on to the next segment anyway. Um, we've got a lot of new Christmas parodies here, and I'm not going to play them all because it's just going to take up way too much of our already too long show. But um, I really enjoyed Did I play John Vasky? Vasky last the most horrible time of the year? No, that hasn't been played yet, but I, I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, me too. So that's why I want to play it. Everyone's so. saying- All right, I got to go back to the beginning. All right, here we go. It's the most horrible time of, of the, the year, year when no baseball is playing and everyone's saying to tear down this team. It's the most horrible time of the year. It's the crap, crappiest season of all. True ranter. With the Cubs window fleeting, the damn winter meetings bring nothing at all. It's the crap, crappiest season of all. There'll be front office roasting, no postseason hosting, and Ryan Braun switching to blow. Be wearing new stories and tales of the glories of World Series wins long ago. It's the most horrible time of the year. With no more bennies joeing, Malort will be flowing to drown out our fears. It's the most horrible time. Fuck the most horrible time. It's the most horrible time of the year. Oh, excellent. I thought it was brilliant. And then after listening to the Bill Sugas, Michael Cotton, uh, I was really impressed with the singing. 
I thought he yeah, was well, yeah, not yeah, Michael singing. everything. Not Michael. Yeah, I, I was actually the whole time he was singing, I was I was squirming a little bit in my seat because God, because <laughs> you damn, know I'm, everybody sings better than me. Yeah, why? Because you know I'm going to play you next. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm hoping for it. Yeah, so yeah. we got the clapbacks going. The dismiss clapbacks. We got a. a full-on rap battle going on right now between Michael Cotton and Bill Shugas, which this might be the greatest thing that will happen this entire offseason. <laughs> really, I mean, there's no Cubs news, so let's let's just uh, do this. So, uh, Michael, now who, who dissed first? It was him, right? Yeah, Bill yeah, was first. He, yeah. B- Bill jumped out first because I was talking shit about old-ass umps and that they need to be replaced. Right, and I heard that one. I have... I mean, maybe should I should I play that one first? Maybe I should just put them all at the end. <laughs> we could talk about the Cubs instead. Yeah, well, I want to play you though. That's what I want to play right now. You can't. So I was. Bill came. I didn't think Bill was coming back. Bill said he wasn't going to come he's, back. No, he's, thought, I've got two saved for him right now. I thought we were done, and then. Right before I went to Wyoming, and I really had no access. Now I was really busy coming back. I didn't have time to do it. He fucking sent another one, and then just to rub it in, he sang my own song better than I did. <laughs> he oh, sang the, the Billy the uh, Red Nose right. Rancher, Red Face Rancher. On the phone. Wait, here, here's his here's bro, you. His- All right, but I. Oh no, I lost it. Oh no, here it is. All right, Bill Sugars takes off right fool. He says old umps are delightful. Pretty good, Michael. Though the pitchers don't know the zone. Let them throw, let them throw, let them throw. All right. Country Joe just lost his mind. Oh, so you got a little CJ Buckner's fucking blind. <laughs> New York is now on the phone. Call is blown, call is blown, call is blown. These old umps just can't get it right. And old Bill just hates being wrong. When pitchers are forced to throw strikes, then all of the batters hit dongs. Umpires are quickly dying. And my dear, they are so blind. As long as these umps are rolled, let them go, let them go, let them go. You know what? I kind of enjoyed your voice on that one. You know, Danny. Oh, no, we can't hear that one again. Oh, no. Yeah, that, <laughs> no, one, no, that no. one was really bad. <laughs> well, you know, it, sometimes your second album is the better one. Well, oh, good God. <laughs> I worked fucking hard trying to get that thing in there because apparently that's not as easy a song as you think it would be. What? Let it snow? Yeah. Uh, like I like easy. for me for <laughs> fucking somebody that can't sing, you know I'm trying to figure out the timing and shit. I I had music for it, but I had to fucking scrap the music. God, because you couldn't keep up with the track. No, I couldn't. Well, I was struggling. Uh, I was struggling. I came up. I came up with a song, and uh, I just it was truly awful. So I had to scratch it. Uh, oh, it, you got to You got to go for it anyway. You it can't be worse than Billy the Red Face Rancher. Oh, it's, 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 uh, I don't know. It was, uh, to the tune of I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, but it was, uh, from the viewpoint of Ben Zobris's kids. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, you have to sing that one. You have to. It, it was called I, I Saw Mommy Kissing Someone Else. And then I just kind of, when I got halfway through the lyrics, I'm like, <laughs> I, this makes me look like the worst human being ever. 
Yeah, why don't you just let me run with that? Because uh, everybody, everybody already knows I'm bad. <laughs> so then you can keep your uh, keep your rep, and I'll just go down. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I sang that one, and then Bill Sugas immediately hits me with Silver Years. Yeah. Well, that's what I want to play. And now it's it's very good. Dismiss clapback to my friend Michael Cotton. He's on fire this Christmas. Oh, my God. Silver years. All my fears. Why does Michael want death panels? (laughs) Hear me cry before I die. Soon it will be judgment day. I love the ranchers Ridley so much. sidewalks, crowded sidewalks. Old people walk too slow. In <laughs> they the really air, do. there's no, a I am on board of everything he of anger. Taking too long. What's a smartphone? Why can't it just be printed? And on every street corner, I hear. Silver years. Yeah, I don't know if we can get through this whole thing. Yeah, it is a bit long. The only thing, yeah, everybody, if you haven't heard it, go listen to the whole thing because he actually, it just gets better. Well, the thing is, Bill has put out an entire Christmas album. Yeah. You know, and, you know, these these dismiss clapbacks are all on the album. Like, oh, my God. We might have to put compile this, put it out just as one, uh, just one collection. You know what? Put it together. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll send that to the Patreon. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we're gonna lose subscribers. Um, All that would, money we, you give us, that's what you get for it. Yeah, we'll put. It's almost like an insult. We'll put Billy the Red Faced Rancher as a bonus track. Well, <laughs> Crawley, I'd love to, if you'd send over the lyrics of what you got. I'd love to take a look. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll I'll punch it up a little bit. I, in fact, I'm going to make it even worse. I'm going to make it just like the worst, uh, you know, totally uncomfortable sort of Christmas carol. Because at, at least we'll have that going for us. Jolly music in the background. Um, I, I just kept thinking, you know, it's like, oh, boy, does that cross the line? But, you know, I know you're not scared to cross any line, so. I, I am not. And, um. But we're about to cross the line into Christmas season officially because it's almost Thanksgiving. And uh, tomorrow's the 25th, so which puts us exactly a month away. And we already have an entire Christmas album <laughs> ready to go. Um, so that's pretty awesome. So keep them coming. Like everybody, I mean, if somebody's done the song, doesn't mean you can't redo it. You know what I mean? Like there, there's dozens of Christmas songs. And to be honest, I it, singing last night, I love a lot of these songs. I love a lot of the lyrics, not the lyrics. Um, as much as uh, the melodies, they're great melodies, and so I love to hear new lyrics to old melodies. It's just, it's just awesome, right? And everybody is listening, and they have their own lyrics that they can throw in that are going to be just as good, mm-hmm. if not better. Uh, yeah. And my my Thai guy, which is one of my new favorites, was just I thought it was a hit last night. Oh God, yeah. The people that knew the story came up to me, and they well, some guy came up to me last night, and he said, he goes, you know, my friend turned to me and he says. You know, these songs are all pretty cynical and negative. <laughs> and and the guy goes, the guy goes, well, yeah, look at the Cubs season. You know, what do you what do you what did you expect? But everybody had a great time. 
Um, now, yeah, t- tell him in 2016, it was a whole different show. Oh, yeah, it was a whole different show. It was just like, you know, Hark, we won the World Series, you know, just like, you know, I'll, I'll write that one, too. But I actually enjoy writing these ones a hell of a lot more because it's because uh, I'm a Cubs fan. It's well, cynical my... Christmas tunes are just so much more fun. Yeah. No, of right? course. Yeah, exactly. Like just being happy is boring. <laughs> you know, it's nice, but it's a little dull. Um, so you want to get angry again? Because I certainly do, because we have a new cotton. <laughs> oh, there's Cubs news. Ja- yeah, hey, we got a player. Player. Uh Jaharel, Jaharel, Jarel Cotton, who turns twenty eight in January. He is a cub. Michael Cotton, you wrote some uh, notes about him, so why don't you talk about him if you looked him up? I did, too. Yeah, I, I just looked him up real quick because, of course, I did, right? He's He's got my name. Uh, everybody's been asking me if I know him, which, of course, he is my illegitimate love child from <laughs> high school. Oh, dude, you're about to get paid. He got 100 Gs. Right, that's what I'm hoping. Well, he didn't get 100 Gs. Oh, yeah, the athletics did. Yeah, <laughs> Jarrell Cotton. Yeah, he makes way more than that. Yeah. Uh no, he is a he is a right-handed pitcher that the Cubs got for 100,000 from the Athletics. Athletics uh you know, I believe they DFA'd him and then the Cubs picked him up and they gave cash considerations of $100,000. Uh he has I've I'd never heard of him before. Um well, he's he a, has he's on the West Coast. big league level with five starts in 2016 and a full season of 24 starts in 2017. After which his arm fell off. "Quote unquote full season of twenty four starts." Just saying. Yeah, well, it's not like it's it's good, but you know, it's not. You need more than that to really call it a full season. That's true. That's true. He uh, he averaged like five point three or yeah five and a third innings or whatever. He's probably a number uh, five for so twenty four starts. Maybe makes sense. It's pretty full. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to him. Yeah, I mean, 24, that's, yeah, I mean, if you get injured here or there, or, I mean, he did have Tommy John surgery before the 2018 season, so that season may have been shortened a bit. So, but that's exactly what put him on Theo's radar. He's been looking at him ever since he got Tommy John. Well, you know, here's (laughs) the thing, is the Pedro Martinez actually compared Cotton to himself, so, you know, that's high praise. Sometimes that's weird do, uh, because I compare myself to Pedro Martinez all the time. Too. <laughs> well, you guys are related. But yeah. I, I would say that, you know, this is one of the things you do is that you 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 keep signing these guys and you hope you hit on one or two. You know, it's we've talked about the Cubs uh, pitching uh, farm system just being absolutely weak. So, you know, you got to try to find what you can do, whether it's the international market, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, trying to find guys that, you know, maybe had some down years and and, then hoping to bounce back or guys that are injury reclamation projects. So that's what you got to do because you don't have it in your system. The problem is that Theo really goes after these injury reclamation projects. At the very least, this time, uh, Jarrell Cotton came back with the A's, and he played uh, in 14 games with the AAA Las Vegas Aviators, and his last outing was a three-inning start. So, you know, whereas in the past, Theo has signed them right off of the surgery 
you know, right out of right off the table. Like yeah. they're in there, it they're is. all doped up on drugs and their arms are fucking still open and they're signing, you know, contracts with the Cubs. He waited until he got a few innings in. It is and- different. And that was pointed out to me because I was very cynical on Twitter. Uh, about it and then uh Sahadev Sharma yelled at me he's like this is exactly what the Cubs should be doing and I was like listen I'm just saying we're sick of it and so yeah. excuse me if my knee-jerk reaction is like here we go again TJ McGee coming on through you know what I mean <laughs> and, and, yeah I mean you know what I mean and it, it's right. just like this is it, it keeps failing it's been failing for a bunch of years we're sick of it they get Brad Anderson we're sick of him we're sick of fucking who was the other guy uh uh, Morrow, um, you know, Mark, I, Mark Phelps was another one, wasn't he? Right. Uh, I mean, the the good thing is this guy is going to cost him the minimum. Uh, he already has pitched a little bit. Um, his line was 20 in 18 innings, 24 strikeouts, 10 walks, 23 hits. Um, but his in his ERA sucked balls, but it was much better in the last seven starts than it was in the first seven start, or not starts, but games. So in the first seven games, he was still getting back into it, and then he lowered it quite a bit. Um, am I being know, am I being unfair? I, I I think that a lot there's a lot of hype around this guy. That at one point he was a, a top prospect. Everybody was excited about him. He got hurt. Um, you know, I get, and th- I even read some stuff about how he's the kind of guy that gets in his head easily. Which I'm like, oh God, no, not in Chicago. That never works out. Um, so, or at least it's bad for a while. And I don't know, but people are saying that he could maybe be going for like, obviously starter depth. But are we talking like fifth starter? Because that that is actually a job that they need done. So uh, that need filled. So you know, we talked well, about or he takes over, uh, over for Chatwood you know, in the long reliever role because, Oh yeah. Maybe they're doing that and getting like the, the two, three inning guys. Yeah. Cause I mean, he was a starter. He has, like I said, he's only had really one start at the triple a level and it was three innings long. And, you know, so he's only had one start since the Tommy John, maybe he comes back and he's, you know, he's firing on all cylinders or whatever, but any pitcher really, that makes it to the major leagues and pitches, you should be somewhat excited about. It's not like a completely unproven commodity, but he does have to work back from that injury. Hopefully by the time spring training comes around, he's actually fully strong and he can really do some stuff with it. And, and and like I said, it's you you if you're trying to find and I know we're going to be talking about some other pitchers that the Cubs have looked in, but you're looking everywhere you can right now because we've talked at length of what a problem the bullpen was uh, the last couple of years, and uh, you you got to f- hopefully find one of these guys. You keep stocking, you keep stocking. It's not costing you much anything, so why not? Well, well that's kind of the problem, right? And the Ricketts out of money. Uh, it's not costing anything. Other teams. Like the Braves, you know, they're signing people and other, you know, and other teams will sign arms like we used to for five, six million dollars a year that are a little bit more proven commodities. Now, even some of those guys don't work out sometimes. So at least if somebody doesn't work out, at least they're cheap and you can lose the money on it. But all those useless signings, which this one might not, it seems like. There's a little hype around this guy, as I'm saying. So, and one thing I'm excited about a little bit is they say his changeup is amazing. 
then he's got a cool curveball that he mixes in too. Because, uh, but he he doesn't throw real hard, you know, uh, low. Low mid nineties, which you know, unless you're getting up above ninety five these days, it's it's not going to excite anybody. So he's he's you know pretty normal but fast, but he's got the the change at seventy nine and a cutter uh, at eighty nine. So he throws a bunch of pitches, so which is why he's a starter. But so I mean, I guess I should be more positive about it. I think you know it's just unfortunate that they're not getting a more proven commodity as opposed to somebody that they're going to throw down in the pitch lab and hope that like it, he comes out a hot of special. You yeah, know what I mean? The weird thing is going to be when I go to a game and I'm wearing my cotton Jersey, everybody's going to notice it's the wrong number and give me shit for it. You are fucked. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you really can't. Well, here's the, see, here's but you, the... Can, you can tell people that's your son. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I Dude, will. He's my my illegitimate love child. Why is it got to be illegitimate? <laughs> What's why, the number on your jersey? Why, why could it be any, anything why, that has to do with my love is illegitimate? <laughs> this is true. I like, saw what, you. What, what's, what, what number do you have on your jersey? Uh, it's Schwarber's number. It's twelve. Oh, okay. So I was gonna say if it was like eighteen, nineteen, you could tell everybody that was the age he was con- consummated at, or something to that degree. Yeah, no, no, no. My uh, my wife has a cotton jersey number seven. I have a cotton jersey number twelve. That is our wedding anniversary because Aww, I'm yeah. fucking brilliant, and I know the way that you don't ever forget your wedding anniversaries. You get that shit put on your Cubs jerseys. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, but have you ever celebrated on December seventh? No, oh. that's the day that lives in infamy, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pearl true. Harbor Day. God damn it. So, no, Crawley, I, I think what I'm getting from you is like this is <laughs> this is this Jarrell Cotton move is a great move that I'm excited about in the context of we already got a legitimate arm, proven commodity arm that is that this adds to depth wise but it seems like and Sahad have said this to me too uh in our conversation and he's he's such a great guy like it, it, you know um I'm so, I'm such a blowhard you know so I feel bad when Sahad have talks to me I'm like okay this man is a reasonable human being I'm not just going to yell at him for fun you know so uh but he said he goes it's a problem he agrees in the way that uh it's a problem if they're going to be relying on this kind of move which we're they ta- did we're talking- last year, which is why I'm nervous. You know, just saying. I, I'm. I don't know. Go ahead, uh, Crawley. You're about to say something. Yeah, I was going to say that's what Michael and I were talking about when we were talking about Brandon Morrow last year. It's it's if you do the minor league contract or any of these little things here, it's fine. It's just if you're telling me right now that Jaleel Cotton's going to be your fourth or fifth starter, that's what you haven't penciled in for. That's when it's a problem. What you're hoping for from this guy is, is you catch one of those lightning in a bottle type things where all of a sudden this guy just comes back to form and better, even better, and, and, and you were, you're expecting nothing out of him and maybe you get 13, 14 wins. That's the ideal situation. But if all of a sudden he's on your depth chart before the season starts, yeah, then, that's, that's where you get nervous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I personally, I'm hoping for a Henry Rowan Gardner situation. I'm hoping that he has the tendon of Cy Young in there. Well, let's hope. Let's, I mean, but that, it sounds like a lot of hope. You know what I mean? And so we're going into the season with just uh, lottery tickets and hope. And, you know, that's kind of not good enough uh, for a $90 bleacher seat. You know we what I mean? That, we did that last season and you saw yeah. the results. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. I'll tell you uh, the, the the thing I'm looking at right here says Cubs make historic hire, and then comma like it's like a rundown of all things just in their headline. Cubs make historic hire, comma oft injured Cotton acquired for cash. <laughs> oft injured is bad. You don't want that to be. Yeah, th- didn't they just do this like twice already? That's what I'm saying. And like, and I'm. I I understand the need to want to be positive about next season. And you know what? Here's the thing for me. I'm going to go to Wrigley anyway and have a good time regardless of whether they win or lose. I have more fun when they win. And, um, you know, so I would rather it not be just the same thing over and over again. It's they just keep and, and just to keep hoping and hoping and hoping that one of these guys are going to turn it around and make it and come back from this injury. I mean, Tommy John, that's not even a thing anymore. Like everybody just has it eventually. Right. Right. And, and what you're, what we were having a lot of fun with in 2016, 2017, and with the John Lester signing, you know, 2018 signing you Darvish, all of these things, we were just so pumped up because when you're waiting for baseball and you got nothing to do, you, you love to see moves. And we're not seeing moves, so it just gets boring. Like, well, here's some guy that, you know, we never really heard of and, and you know, whatever. You know, it, it's it's more fun when you're saying, hey, you know, like I think the Braves signed like two or three relief pitchers, top-notch pitchers already. Yeah, they uh, jumped it. They jumped the gun. They jumped everybody, and they're like, we want this guy. We want this guy. We came close last year. We're going to go for it. And the Cubs are like, eh, let's take it. A- chance with this guy and right all we're doing here it. right now is, is all that we have to talk about is guys that we're kicking the tires on yeah yeah well and you know now there is a, a different sort of fun and excitement and that's rumors you know and <laughs> you know and and Jarrell cotton is a he, he's he's locked in the cubs have him on their roster, some 40 man. He's on the 40 man. Yeah. And we're going to talk uh, about the 40 man in a little bit because there were some moves this week since we last spoke. Um, yeah. But the other, the other guy where we have rumors about Danny Quang, Quang, I believe Hyung. his name, it, it, and I speak perfect Korean. So this is little Quang known fact. Hi, Hoon Kaim. That was is that correct. That was, that was correct. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is that right. correct? Because I would say it like Quang Chung Kim. I have no idea. You're, you're probably much closer. And and actually, though, I see a K, an A, and a G. We know that that's Gung, right? So is it Gwung? Quang Quang Hung Hung. I, I imagine Gwung, you just like go, like close Kim. your throat and uh, you know. Oh, God, we're fucking being shitty right no, now. No, but here's what I was thinking. <laughs> I know we're, we're being bad. Cobb's Corner for us, but no. Yeah, totally Cobb's Corner fucking. But I love saying it, though. And, you know, Quang Hyun Kim. Like, just the way you really say it. And, and here's the thing that I found out about learning languages, because I speak some Spanish. And the way to speak Spanish is to speak with a Spanish accent, which makes it feel like you're like ridiculing the way they sound because you know you're like como estas you know that i'm saying it like Wait, a guy on a tape. hold on <laughs> if that's your spanish accent me llamo daniel you know <laughs> right no. you just don't want to sound like americanized you don't want it to be like yo tango un pero yeah exactly like, so if i'm in korea you don't want to sound like a, i just did kawang kawang well this is what i was was wondering about because my best friend growing up with was this Korean kid. And I was thinking about him the other day 
for some reason. Oh, because we were talking about old video game systems, and he had a Coleco Vision, and I would go over there and play in like third grade. Anyway, his name was Hyun Lee. He was from Korea, but I wonder if they just we called him Hyun, but his real real name was like Hyun or like Quang Hyun. And then I realized that a lot of Korean names are like hyphenated, and there are always three of them. See, I was gonna say the same thing like a lot of the asian names and and maybe it is just korean but yeah the three name thing is top choice Mm -hmm. yeah he's top choice hyunjin ryu who they're they're comparing kwang hyun kim to i think i'm saying it kind of except for he wants way less money (laughs) is this is this the guy that wants like uh 15 million over three years or something uh it, it was something like no, wasn't it like ten a year or something? I don't think the Cubs do that. It it was, but it was something like ridiculous. It was like Doctor Evil coming out of the fucking coma and asking for a million dollars. Like everybody looked at him like, no, that's not much money. No, yeah, that's this, this, no. Uh, I believe that's Akiyama that wanted uh, that Akiyama wanted five won. million. Okay. Yeah, we talked about him on the last show. Five, yeah, that's the guy. This guy and Akiyama's from Japan. Quang Hyun Kim is from Korea. Oh, okay. And uh, okay, so Akiyama wants five million a year. Quang Hyun Kim wants double that. And and here's uh, why and it's the, still super cheap. Well, maybe. I, I mean, he might not be good. We don't know. So it, it's uh, it's seventeen million less than what they're given to. Oh, wait, do I have that wrong? Yeah, no, I've got Chatwood's that. Chatwood's getting like 12. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, can, it probably couldn't be worse than that. And this guy wants about the same, maybe a little less. Uh, and here's why the Cubs will probably end up uh, moving some roster, moving some money around to go out and get this guy. Because in 2019, his first full year back from Tommy John surgery. See, this is their fucking strategy. They used to go after him right off of the table. Now they're waiting one year. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, oh, I just, I'm missing it by six months. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting him too early. So, um, but Kim, Quang uh, Kyun Kim, posted a 251 ERA over 190.1 uh, innings, allowing 1.8 walks per nine, um, which is good, and striking out 8.5 per nine, which is pretty good. That so, no, that's excellent. And 190 innings is a ton of innings, and, and and not like a ton of innings. Like, oh my god, he's gonna his arm's gonna fall off. But like a ton of innings, meaning you want a guy that can give you 190 to 200 innings. You'll every team will take that and, and for I, any start for like their fifth starter or bleh. well fifth starter that would be great. 190, yeah, I mean, fourth that, or fifth that, starter that, that'd that be bump. great. So, but, uh, and people are comparing him to Hyun Jin Ryu too, you know, and he had a very successful last year with the Dodgers. And, uh, but I, I do want to thank, uh, Brad at Bleacher Nation for writing about all this stuff because he's so good at finding everything. So that's where all this comes from, by the way. I just read their blogs and then try to make it funny over here. <laughs> I also read over there, um, and I read everybody. I read, uh, Evan Altman, uh, who who do you guys read? I read Brett. I read Evan. I read Sarah. I read uh, Al Yellen. I mean, 
When you take a look at it, a lot of the guys, whether it's uh, Al or Brett or Evan, they, they also tend to bring in a lot of talent also that are also good writers that are writing on their site. Uh, Michael, you know, Luis, who I work with. I didn't even mention them like a jerk. <laughs> right. Uh, Brian Smith is somebody that if you look at uh, prospects, uh, he's Cubs pro- at Cubs Prospects. He uh, writes for Bleacher Nation. Uh, there, there's other, for me, a lot of times, you know, I can't be scouting the Pacific league, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, you know, there's guys that are actually out there in Arizona, in some of these places that are really watching these minor league games intently. Yeah. And, uh, it, no, it's, I love everything that they post because it's always so, I mean, every, everybody's got their own style. And it all comes through in their style. So you feel like you get to know them as a person a little bit more, too. And they're all active on Twitter, too. But, um, yeah, I've never met Brian Smith. But, uh, you know, he talked about uh, the Cubs adding to their 40-man and wrote a big thing about uh, Manuel Rodriguez or a bunch of Twitter posts about it, who I hadn't heard of. Had you? I've heard some stuff about him, but, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, when he was announced to the 40-man roster, that kind of caught some people by surprise. That was kind of like, oh, really? He, that they're going to think about having him there. You know, it's, it was a, it, most of the other guys were not, uh, there, weren't, there weren't any shocks or any surprises. Well, he was playing in high A, and he's got an explosive uh, fastball, goes at up to 98 now, and he's been dialing it up since then. And, um, the best thing about Manuel Rodriguez being on the team is that uh, we can call him Manrod, <laughs> which is incredible. Um, he's 23. He's from Mexico, and he's a five eleven, two o five. So he's a stout dude. Um, he had it. Manrod just slipped it right in Wilson's velvet glove. Oh, there we go. Uh, but he's been in a ball. And it's kind of a surprise, right? That yeah, yeah. You know, some of like the guys that. that you hear about, you you kind of knew, and and you do have to kind of sometimes protect players from the Rule Five draft and stuff like that. So, you know, it just. But I you think, usually don't protect the the A guys, right? When you talk about the Rule Five draft, it gets kind of complicated because you have to have on. You they basically take up a roster spot all year if you take them from somebody else's team. So it, it's kind of a risk, but if other teams feel it's worth that risk, they may kind of try to poach it. So I think that's kind of the uh, idea of why he's on the 40-man roster now. Yeah, and that draft's still still to come, right? Correct, correct, yeah. he, but he's going to be protected now. Well, he's protected, and he finally makes a living wage because it, <laughs> it jumps his pay up to like forty grand a year, which is way more than – I think he was making like uh, two or three grand in high A. That's just unbelievable that they yeah. do that to these kids. Unreal. But uh, he seems like an exciting pitcher, like uh, Brian Smith. He at Cub Prospects. He uh, he wrote a uh, possible helium alert. Manuel Rodriguez just struck outside in second inning of work with Double A team. So he did get to Double A at some point. Sitting- what does uh, helium alert mean? I don't know. But we could talk about it afterwards. Sitting 95 <laughs> with a sharp curve, Rodriguez struck out 14.3 per nine in South Bend last year, which is really good. And, uh, but you'll be forgiven if you didn't notice amidst the 759 ERA and the 2.18 whip. 
But he Ooh, threw. God, that's threw strikes. So the today. only way he was getting anybody out was with a strikeout. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone else made it on base. Well, it sounds like a lot of walks, right? Man, I, a lot of walks, a lot of hits, like seven fifty nine ERA. That's that's rough. Well, it's, it's literally just like I don't know. Well, they thought highly of him. They, you know, they signed him. Uh, 40-man roster. You're on. So. they I, Obviously, they see something in him, and I hope that something comes out of it. Do you not, think, only, not only do they see something, but they think that other teams see something also. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, exactly. So they had to protect him, which makes me wonder if we're going to see him. We might see uh, Manrod this year, which is super exciting uh, because – uh, well, you'll be wearing your obscure cotton jersey. <laughs> I'll be in my Manrod jersey. Oh, the Manrod yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. And please be number 69 because it is free. <laughs> I mean, it's, nice. it's totally open right now. Manrod 69. I might just nice. get it anyway just to to kind of like put it into the universe that that's who she should be. Um, so uh, other uh, protections were uh, Miguel Amaya got added to the 40-man. Nobody's thinking he's going to come up yet. Still pretty young. We have catchers, but I don't know if they move. If You know, you can kind of look into Amaya being on there, which I I think they're definitely going to, you know, they had to protect him. Like, that's just somebody they had to do, right? Right. Um, They they had to do it, and they know that even if they don't trade – Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras's, you know, contract is up in two years. Yeah, he's he's someone in the pipeline that you know that he's got a lot of upside. Uh, it's funny. I was telling you, I went to the Chicago Sports Spectacular this weekend. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, three times a year. This company has this big autograph show in Rosemont, which is right outside of Chicago. And uh, uh, my friend Austin Plouch, he's an artist. He's fantastic on Twitter. If you follow at Austin Plouch, P L O U C H. But Austin was the one that Wilson had. Com- um, he commissioned a painting of the very last game that Joe Madden did of him hugging Wilson on the uh, on the steps. And uh, I got signed by Wilson this weekend. So you wait in line, and these guys come, and sometimes you kind of do some small talk, whatever. And the guy in front of me was asking Wilson, you know, if, if people hadn't noticed, Wilson changed his uh, Twitter Abbey photo. Uh-oh, I think we lost Crawley. You heard me? No, oh, there you are. Yeah, yeah so, I was hearing him. So when he changed his Abby, some people are like, uh, because, you know, sometimes you get a little nervous. Why doesn't he have the Cubs uniform on? Why do you go with the All-Star? And someone asked him about it this week, and he's like, it has nothing to do with anything. He's like, I anticipate being a Cub next year. So I know that's what they're supposed to say, but it was interesting hearing it from him, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, of course he thinks he's going to be a Cub next year because, uh, well, I mean, he might not really think that, but, I mean, he's got it. He's got to say that, but I think he wants to be one, don't you? I do too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, why wouldn't? You, why would you want to leave Chicago? You know, when you've been here this whole time, you've come up with this system. You know, you're you're from you you've been with it. I, I, how long has he been here? Eighteen years old. Yeah, since he was a kid, you know, and 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 they brought him up from uh, Venezuela, you know, and really kind of if you if you look at Wilson's whole story, it was interesting because he was 
basically like chasing the Cubs, trying to get his attention. He was playing every position. He would do anything. He just wanted to play professional baseball, and the Cubs gave him that opportunity, and I think he takes that seriously. Oh, incredibly. Almost too seriously, maybe to a fault sometimes, because I think uh, his intensity also uh, can sometimes cloud his overall vision. Well, and when you're that invested and you're really into it and you, you love the game, you love the team, all the stuff that Wilson is, we all love him for that passion. You may get a little pissed off when all these things are going out and you're not hearing the Cubs immediately say, we're not doing this. You know what I mean? So yeah, whatever well, it's, but I mean, come on, it's a fucking uh, Instagram I, avatar. Like who gives a shit? Yeah. Like the dude, you know what? He was an all-star. That's something to have on there. It's kind of cool. Like it's fun. You know, maybe, maybe he's trying to up his trade value by reminding everybody that he's a fucking all-star. Yeah, well, and I still think that we should not trade Wilson Contreras. I think that's stupid. I honestly think the person to trade, if you want to retool the team, is Chris Bryant. I still think this. Uh, I mean, it sucks because the team might be worse. It would probably be worse without Chris Bryant on it. But if but people are saying you can't get uh, the right amount of people for Chris Bryant. But I'm like, listen, anything you get for Chris Bryant that is playable right now that could give you a chance with some like and I'm not talking lottery tickets. I'm like I'm talking like a, a good pitcher, like a, a like a 10, 12 million dollar guy, the guy the Chatwood was supposed to be, plus like some lottery tickets. That's enough for Chris Bryant for me. Even if you lose next year, you're putting together a team down the road. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you wait for your Miguel Amaya. I don't think it makes sense to trade Wilson Contreras in many respects because, you know, he's cheap and good. Yeah. And right now you can get something for Chris Bryant. And sadly, you may, I mean, if he walks away, and you get nothing but a fucking what a, a comp compensatory draft pick or something for yeah. him. Fail. That's a fail. You know, and let's not forget, Chris Bryant did turn down somewhere around the two hundred million dollar contract range, right? That's he, that was reported, but not never verified. Right. That was reported, never verified, you know. And I mean Nolan Arenado, who is probably the best third baseman in the league. He signed a $260 million deal. So maybe Bryant could squeeze out a little bit more, but I mean, 200 million might've been where he is at regardless of how long he waits. Well, have one more injured season and see where. Yeah. You, oh, you and get. then, then, then he's going to start losing money for sure. If that happens. Uh, I'm I'm one of those people that that is, uh, you know, I I do not want to trade Chris Bryant. Um, I I will I will die on that hill. Um, it's it's Chris Bryant. Yeah, has had a couple of injured years the last couple of years, but when he's uh, healthy, there there he's just a complete game changer. And I just, you know, I I don't want lottery tickets for that. The other thing is, is I don't think. I know we're frustrated as a fan base right now with the no money thing and not signing guys, but I think the base of the team, the core of the team is still something that can be competitive. And if one of these, like, like we were talking before, if all of a sudden we catch lightning in a bottle with cotton or with, or with uh, Kim or, oh, or whatever, you know pitcher, you're catching lightning in a bottle with cotton. 
And so, I'm sorry. What are we talking about? It, it's it's. Sometimes I get excited. You make a couple good moves. Get rid of Addison Russell. Shoot him to the moon. Get yourself Shogo to play center. Get some more guys that hit some, with some contact. Shore up your defense. And 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 I think you still have – for me, it's not like this – remember when the White Sox traded uh, Sale and Quintana? They had nothing. They, they, they didn't have a team that was going to be competitive. Everybody knew that. So when you trade a guy like that, yeah, you got two years left. Trade Chris Sale and get a whole bunch of guys because you're not competitive. By the time he gets competitive, you're going to lose him. But the Cubs aren't at that point. Uh, they they – basically got completely gutted by injuries at the end of the season with Bryant, with your three best players sure. were all completely Rizzo injured. gone, uh, Javi gone, yeah. Contreras so, was was banged up at the end too. Right, so at, at this point, you, you, were, you were still in the race all the way to the last week of the season, last week and a half of the season. So it's not like we're so far away that we need to just tear it. Because if you're going to get rid of Chris Bryant and get prospects, well, then That's screw it. That's a tear it. down, just, you're right. Just tear it all down. Why? Why keep? Why keep Wilson then? If you're going to get rid of Chris Bryant, why well, keep? He, here, here's the issue. I'm not really wanting to get rid rid of Chris Bryant either. But if he's not going to take 200 million, then the Cubs aren't keeping him. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you can't keep him, well, then they might they... don't let him walk for nothing. You have two years to try to put something together to make another good run at it. I don't, I, I don't think that they're that far away from being a very good contending team again. They were contending last year and the year before. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out in your favor. Injuries do play a big part in baseball. And so I'm just saying is that if he walks in two years, at least you have two cracks at this. Uh, yeah. No, and, I and, get it. And but... injuries play a big part when you don't have depth. So they they kind of shored up a little bit of that with the forty man thing, but uh, Zach Short at shortstop. Have you heard of this guy? No, but he's got the perfect name in yeah. the minors. Short, you know. short at short. Yeah, short at short. I mean, he wears his his position on his back. <laughs> you know, it's it's there's going to be some. I think there's going to be more depth this year, and, and they've 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 seen what the issue is, and and they're going to try to address it with free agent signings that may not look as sexy as ones in the past, but will I think will definitely help this team, and that's why, for me, I the one thing I've always said about Wilson is just the pitch framing, and I and I've harped on that over and over again, and I think it hurts this pitching stash every time you make these guys throw extra pitches, every time that a, you you should have had a strikeout and instead it's a walk, I I think that that hurts this pitching staff. And I think that that's something that can be addressed. Yeah, and then so you're okay with Caratini up there, or I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not as big a Caratini fan. If Caratini's starting, I'm not as big a fan. You know, right? Uh, I, I, I would like a, a really, really good, experienced catcher and pitch framer. You remember we had Martin Maldonado on the team for like three weeks, and then we traded him, and guess where he ended up in the World Series? You know what I mean? And it's not just because of him, but Houston realizes the value of those guys and the pitchers love to throw to him. Well, well to be he fi- never wanted to be with the Cubs in the first place. Yeah. And he was really good at hitting garbage cans. So <laughs> yes. they, they needed him on that right. team. I mean, nobody, nobody frames a garbage can like Martin Maldonado, which may, which brings me back to Miguel Amaya, which is okay. So now that kind of bumps him into catching depth. At this point, right? Because if you do trade Wilson, because that's kind of what it seems like. People took the move of Miguel Amaya, and I don't think it's this. I think you're just protecting a very talented young catcher that's might maybe not. That's definitely not ready. Um, 
You're protect- that's what that move's about. But I people read into it that it was about Contreras too a little bit. Yeah, and 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 you know that's I I don't think that's going to happen. I think with Caratini you got him, and then there are a lot of good framing catchers out there that that can be picked up. And then the last guy is Tyson Miller on the forty man now. Um, who, I mean, let's see, I'm I'm looking him up right now. See, at Iowa last year, he had a 7.58 ERA in 48.2 innings, um, and he gave up 13 home runs. And uh, it, but at Double A Tennessee, he had a 2.56 earned run average and uh, 88 innings pitch. We might see this guy next year. This might be one of our you know new Rowan Wicks pitch lab specials. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. Now we have them. They're on the 40 man. I mean, so you likely, I mean, I think Miguel Amaya being on the 40 man, I think we see him. Well, and I think I we mean, might see everybody him. Well, definitely in, I think we definitely see him in September. Everybody talks about getting rid of, you know, or, or Wilson Contreras on the chopping block, all that stuff. Nobody's talking about Victor Caratini. I mean, Miguel Amaya getting a chance to move up, maybe do a few more things that could actually make Victor Caratini a little more uh, movable, right, for the Cubs. Obviously, you don't get what you get for a Wilson Contreras. Yeah, not even close. No, but if people need catching at some point during the season, you know that you can get rid of Caratini because you have Amaya waiting. That's my point. Like, Caratini well, may, at that point, may be... Uh, more valuable than he is right now. What would is you... he ever going to be as valuable as Contreras? No, probably not. But at least you could move somebody with big league experience. Crawley, what would you rather move Caratini for way less of a of a take, or have some team overvalue him? Obviously, that's always the choice. If somebody some team will overvalue, but would you rather have uh, Caratini be the starting catcher or Wilson? And uh, would you take less of a haul by trading Caratini? I, I personally, I, if either of those guys are starting, I'd be disappointed, to be honest, with Wilson starting or Caratini starting. Oh, you want somebody completely different. Yeah. I mean, as far as if you traded uh, Victor, that doesn't mean anything. I don't think you're going to get anything for him. I think he's probably got more value with the Cubs, especially in, because of the need of depth. So yeah, I, I, first, I just, third, I, he plays it all. Right. Yeah, I, I, I I think Victor Caratini is, you know, a a good catcher. Not he's not a great catcher. He's not going to blow anybody away in any certain thing. But there are a number of teams he could be a starter for. Yeah. And the other the other thing is he tended to have a really good working relationship with you Darvish. You know, and I don't know if that really had anything to do, but I, you you Darvish clearly enjoyed throwing to uh, Caratini. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind that's of something point. he's got working for him too. And Grandal's off the uh, off the board because the White Sox took him. So eight eighteen million a year or something like that. Yeah, that yeah, was a he, great move by the White Sox. It was, a, it was a big move, and and the good thing though is we you know get him out of Milwaukee. You know that was, well, that, and and the White Sox had a starting catcher already who was good, and they just went ahead and went for it. Which, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that we have been advocating for another fucking catcher on this roster. To for the last few years to kind of help work with have somebody for uh, Wilson Contreras to talk to, you know what I mean? Somebody to work 
with who's a little bit older just to talk to him, work with him, and do different stuff. And that guy relieves uh, Wilson every few days. It doesn't look like that's ever going to happen now, right? Well, um, I don't Unless know. Unless they trade Caratini and they bring in a different veteran to do his job. You know, they got, they, they're expanding the rosters now. So there has been a lot of talk about, you know, the potential of having a, uh, they're also talking about some of Mansford's changes about the amount of time, amount of batters you have to face minimum. So you may not need as many relievers as you had in the past, you know, so that could open up something for a third catcher. It's a possibility. Yeah. A third catcher or a speed guy, possibly, you know, just somebody who can play a bunch of different positions or, you know. Yeah, it, it, it probably won't be a hitter, right? It'll be somebody that can do a lot of different things or or a specialist, a specialist. Yeah. So uh, speaking of specialists, uh, th- this is a uh, boring news so we can kind of get into it. There's only one bit that's not that boring. Uh, the Cubs got new coaches. So and the only not boring part is uh, the new coach, uh, Rachel Folden. Who, uh, yeah, yeah, and Michael, you wrote this down too. So why don't yeah. you tell us about her? She's the uh, the first female coach in the history of the Cubs, and uh, I was trying to figure out how many female coaches there were I'm in the clapping. league. I couldn't quite figure it out. It's like it's less than ten though. Um, but she's going to be a hitting lab tech and fourth coach for rookie league Mesa. Uh, do you guys know what a fourth coach is? I have no idea. It's the I, one that comes after the third coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. But who's the third coach? I like, is it bench coach, first base, third base, and then they just went with fourth coach? <laughs> well, that's the fourth coach. I'll break in here, too, and it's kind of underwhelming that, uh, you know, the first female coach in the history of the Cubs is a hitting lab tech fourth coach. At the rookie league. You know what I mean? Right, because a few others have been, uh, I think the Yankees hired somebody at a much higher level. Yeah, they they just did that. And and it's cool that I'm sure Rachel's excited and I'm, I'm excited that this happened. What annoyed me is that this was the lead part of the story. And then it's like a uh, fourth coach for the rookie league. And it's all important, you know, and I'm glad that there is movement in uh, involving women in who are very talented at baseball and also analyzing baseball in the nerd sector. But, um, you know, but they it, hired three other fourth coaches at all at higher levels than yeah. she is. Yeah. yeah the, uh, Travis Fitta with the Eugene Emeralds. Yeah. Will Remyard, former Iowa Cub is in Tennessee, double a also a fourth coach. Yeah, all, all three of these guys are fourth coaches. And Will Scat Myrtle Beach, fourth coach. All three of those guys are fourth coaches at higher levels than Rachel Folden is. I, you know, I think, though, this goes back to the overhaul of the entire mm-hmm. – what they're looking at is the, with the pitching director and the hitting director and all this stuff is taking a look at these guys at, and trying at early ages to really kind of develop them correctly so that they don't start falling into bad habits and those type of things. And kind of, I, I think that, you know, the working with Justin Stone at Elite Baseball Training in Chicago, he actually was uh, in town this weekend. There's so much going on this weekend, but uh, John Maley, who's been out to Club 400, and 
he was the hitting coach for the Cubs from 2015 through 2017. He had a big clinic this weekend uh, for hitting, uh, a big baseball clinic that a lot of coaches from around the area came to. But it had a lot of big, uh, big hitting guru names that were there. And uh, Justin Stone was there, and he was basically saying if Rachel was a man, she would already be a, she would have already been a major league hitting coach at, at the major league level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Justin Stone is really the one that hired her. He's been working with her for uh, she's been a consultant for Elite Baseball Training in Chicago. She runs her own place, Folding Fast Pitch in Northwest Indiana. But he said when he was interviewing for jobs, uh that he was actually talking to them about bringing her in somewhere. So wherever he worked, he wanted to bring her with because he really likes what she does. Uh, She specializes in biomechanics of hitting and data-driven metrics, which is what everybody is going to now. And And she also has professional playing experience. She played in the National Pro Fast Pitch League with the Carolina Diamonds for one year and the Chicago Bandits for four years. So Chicago girl, even though she's going to be in uh, Arizona. Um, And when she retired, she was number two all time in that league in homers, third in RBI, sixth in walks and eighth in doubles. So she was doing the right stuff from the plate. I mean, how old is she? Could she just like play for us instead? Because she sounds awesome. I think she's 32. Lead off hitter. She's only one year older than Shogo. Yeah, come on. Like, Rachel, we need you. Can you play center? Like, what what position did she play? I didn't see anything about a position. So, I don't know. Maybe she was a DH in that league. I don't know. Do they have DH in pro fast pitch? I have no idea. I've never seen the Chicago Bandits. I'd love to go. Have you seen them? I have not seen them, no. No, I, I haven't either. All right, next year field trip, Chicago Bandits, we're going. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, you're right, Crawley. The the real takeaway of this whole thing of the uh, the the new uh, it's 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 a gutting of the system, right? Uh, you you get a new hitting coach in South Bend, you get a hitting analytics coordinator who came from the Astros farm system with Stephen Polikoff, who I looked up. And because I, I was like, oh, that's an interesting name, Polikoff. It sounds Russian, but he's the Dominican hitting analytics coordinator. And I know a lot of Russians settled in the Dominican Republic or escaped there is probably the better way to put it. Um, and I was like, oh, I wonder who this guy is. And he's just like a, a mookie looking white guy. Yeah, I mean, his name's Polikoff. I mean, come on. Yeah, but I they- thought since he was the Dominican hitting analytics coordinator that he would maybe just be like, look like, uh, you know, Vladimir Guerrero. Ah, yeah. I was a little, it was, it was a little weird because they also hired Dan Puente for the South Bend hitting coach. Um, also from elite baseball training. These guys are both out of the Astros like organization. And, uh, yeah, the, the, you know, big Palooka white dude is in, the Dominican Republic and Dan Puente, who has a name that sounds much more Latino is in South Bend, Indiana. Well, no. you know what? Th- that's what I like about the world. Just diversity everywhere. Moving them around, M- move everybody around and everybody gets to know each other. And then we have peace. Finally, peace. 
Pardon the interruption, but as a non-Patreon subscriber, which you could do at patreon.com slash sunranto for early and ad-free listening, uh, you get interrupted. And uh, it's a boner pill commercial. So, uh, guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Uh, well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, full or empty stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. So, uh, if you could benefit from that little extra function, more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. So, um, Blue Chew's prescribed online. Ship straight to your door, discreet package, no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Now, right now, there's a special deal for Sunranto listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our pro- special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. That's blue Chew. Promo code armchair. Try it free. Blue Chew's better, cheaper, faster, and we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show. So uh, I just wanted to let everybody know and that, uh, you know, I don't want to brag or anything, but I did have the opportunity to interview one of the new coaches that uh, the Cubs got. And I can't say who, unfortunately, because they are from the Astros farm system. Wink, wink. And, um, so here's my interview with uh, <clears throat> said coach. Uh, hello, Mr. Um, yeah, I was uh, wondering, uh, what is your philosophy when it comes to uh, winning baseball games uh, at the major league level and providing the kind of uh, impetus to have the structure that is intent on creating a more viable institution of baseball analytical structures. Okay, so when it comes to analyzing the vast myriad of choices in philosophies when it comes to hitting uh, pertinence, And there are a brain trust that takes place within the analytical mindsets of a different approach to philosophies and comeuppances. Uh, Where do you stand on that? Excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Rocket. Um, this is yeah. This is Commissioner Rob Manford. I'm going to have to stop this interview. This is unauthorized. I'm going to ask you to cease and desist well, as I'm going through this investigation. Well, uh, Rob, I, I just have one question before you leave. Uh, why do you hate baseball? Yeah, Rob, tell us. Tell us. What do you hate about baseball so much? Um, I don't hate baseball. I just don't like the hitting and the pitching and the defense. So once I fix those things, I think we're going to have a much better product that the millennials will like better. 
I, I guess that's fair to say. No, Rob, stop. It's a great sport. Please don't kill our sport. Don't kill. It's the only thing I love in life, except for everybody that I love. Trust me, I'm going to make a much better product that you won't even recognize in three years. Oh, God. Rob, please, please. That's what we're afraid of. Oh, no. Everybody's gone. The Astros coach, Rob Manfred. Uh, uh, wow. I just forgot the last five minutes of my life. I believe I was, I saw a flash of light, and then all of a sudden, I forgot the last five minutes. I, am I still on this call? Crawley, are you there? I'm there. I, I was, I, I'm shocked that all that he, all that had, that was, he said. <sighs> that was, well, I don't know. I, I don't remember much. I just remember we, we were going to, I remember a garbage can and a coach and a commissioner. Yeah. I mean. Well, might as well talk about Rob Manfred then. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, Rob. <laughs> Rob, Rob wants, Manfred. This this fucking guy. He he needs a TFG uh, jersey for sure. What an asshole. Sure. Fuck Rob Manfred in his fucking ways. 42 minor league teams axed. Yep. Now, none of the Cubs minor league teams are affected. Uh, my hometown, Quad City River Bandits, are on the chopping yeah, block. Yeah, well, they're terrible. Is, Wait, nobody wants to see them. Which is, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> which is a bummer, you know, because I, I grew up watching them. They were in my hometown. Um, and then also the Colorado Springs Rocky Mountain Vibes are on the chopping Chopping Block, which they uh, just became the Vibes this year. They're a Brewers organization team. And I have not seen the Vibes, but I have been down to games there. My brother uh, is in, in the Springs, and he's he's been there. It's a lot of fun. And uh, they have a crazy mascot, too. Uh, I forget. It's like a toasty marshmallow or something. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is a marshmallow on fire is the Vibes mascot. Yeah, why does Rob Manfred hate baseball so much? Like, we are having so much fun with minor league. I mean, this has been a like a, I mean, granted, like Twitter is not the world, but it kind of is. And, um, you know, we've been having so much fun with all the mascots in recent years, and they're not taking it so seriously. It's been a hell of a lot of, it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, you know, and plus, like, the minor leagues are a lot of, people's hopes like not just the players but also like the fans you know that who we who do we have coming through the minors you know and in fact the the cubs teams are kind of boring except for the emeralds who have a big foot right yeah well and they're the emeralds this is just an odd name they're green yeah, which you is know, sweet they have you know everything's pretty much cub related so you know when you talk about south bend and all that uh, tennessee smokies Smokies, I mean, they're not. That's not a Cubs-related thing. I know Smokey they have the a bear. Cubs. The mask, the mascot is. They're they're all pretty much bears all the way through, right? Except yeah. for the emeralds. So, and and I think that's bear, where Bigfoot oh, the, might uh, just be a bear. Uh, the Pelicans too, in, in uh, South oh, Carolina. Oh yeah, Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Myrtle Beach, I like yeah. the Pelicans. It, but I I really think that that is the way that Rob Manfred's doing it. He's looking for efficiencies so that the billionaires can make billions more by doing what the Cubs have kind of done, which is, you know, brand their entire league from the major leagues down to single A in the same way. You cut you cut the fat, you pay less people, and then they're going to have this here, – and here's what's next because uh, Laura Albanese, who's a good uh, – 
follow on Twitter. Uh, she said there were four, and she broke this. She said there were four reasons to cut 42 minor league baseball teams, according to uh, Rob Manfred. Inadequate facilities. 77 franchise have, franchises have moved since 1990, making for untenable travel. Poor pay for minor leaguers, drafting and signing players who don't have a realistic opportunity to make it to the bigs. And um, I'll start with the poor pay because we were just talking about it. So here's the next story. They're going to be like, we cut 42 teams and now we're paying everybody $2,000 more. And, uh, you know, that's what they're going to say. Yeah, this is this is the exact thing that the fucking corporate overlords want you to believe. Well, if you want more pay, what we're going to do is put more people out of work and give you more pay like they 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 put it on the little guy you know what i mean they're like oh those fucking single a guys wanted more money so what we did was you just cut all the rookie leagues so that we could pay them you know and make it like it's the the single a guy's fault yeah now they only have to work part-time at applebee's yeah (laughs) to to have a living now uh yeah my my cubspiracy this week is Manfred is threatening to kill the minor leagues in order to have leverage over Congress people so that they won't overturn the antitrust exemption. And he chose 42 teams just because that's Jackie Robinson's number. And Rob Manfred hates baseball. He does. Yeah. One more interruption for non Patreon subscribers uh, who could subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto for early and completely ad free listening, but uh, you didn't. So here's an ad for my bookie because I'm here at mybookie.ag and I'm uh, looking at the line here for the Cubs and it, they're plus 1800 right now, which is pretty disheartening. You know, we're not one of the top teams anymore, but uh, we're not one of the bottom teams either. Um, here are the teams that they have uh, possibly being better than us. The Dodgers. We knew that the Yankees. Yes. Uh, the Astros. Yes. You know, and um, the Braves. They're right there. Uh, the Mets they have is better than us. I mean, this is disheartening. The Phillies are, uh, it's just, and the Rays are the same as the Cubs, 1,800. That is so disheartening. I don't even know what to say. Um, so, wild card or bust. But uh, go to mybookie.ag, place your bets, use promo code CHAIR, the W first deposit. All right, do it. He does. And, no, but you, because you heard the Congress people jumped all over it. Yep. Right. Because these are hundreds of jobs. It's not just the 25 guys that are on the team. It's the hundreds of people that support that team in all of these areas. And Congress just gave them, gave baseball that fucking uh, Save America's Pastime mm-hmm. act last year. And now they're going to cut all these people. So Congress is freaking out. The same fuckers that signed that bill are like, well, you can't get rid of the teams now because that's going to hurt everybody else. And, you know, and but I think it's all a thing. So now that Congress is worried about this, he has leverage over them if they want to go to the antitrust bullshit. And he could be like, well, we'll give you your teams back as long as you keep signing that deal. Yeah, that could be true. But I, if I think... It's a cub conspiracy. Yeah, but I really think he's <laughs> he's going to probably... Axe the 42 teams anyway. 
And I, I think it really is about cutting the fat and, you know, the idea that there are um, players that you have to draft and sign because, like, it is hundreds of players every single year that aren't going to make it. And if and there's a, you know, a bunch of great books like the Bullpen Gospels, which talk about being a minor league pitcher and making such little money and sleeping on floors and, um, you know, it, it, it it's not really up to Major League Baseball to necessarily have a bunch of uncompetitive players on the team. And in fact, just to kind of agree with Rob Manfred for one second, it's, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have a talent pool that you're drawing from that is maybe not talented enough. And you know that going in and then you just use these guys. Well, I guess you could say you're using them to just develop you're better players, but I don't know who's well, to say then, how many good players there are in the world. Well, my, you know what my, I mean? under, my understanding too, is that this is all part of the negotiations between MLB and, and the minor leagues. And another uh, point that, that Manfred's trying to push is to cut the uh, amateur draft in half. Uh, there's 50 rounds. They want it to go to about 25. Yeah. And is, that's probably at, you know, the request of the people who have to do it. Cause they're like, ugh. Number 48, the Chicago Cubs pick, Mitch Stevenson. From, <laughs> no. you know, and you're like, oh, who the fuck is Mitch Stevenson? No, He's they're from doing 1978. It you're drafted, you're guaranteed a certain amount of money. And if you're undrafted, then they don't. They can bring you in and, you know, fuck with you for a little bit and not have to give you anything. But, you know, it's weird that, you know, it, there should be some infrastructure by which somebody who's talented enough to even be on the radar that wouldn't get drafted at age 18 or maybe after college that at 22, that maybe they could still find some place to play and get noticed. Like even Zambrano's playing for the Chicago dogs, trying to get noticed. You know what I mean? So like there are some places to play people go to Korea, Japan. Maybe that's more what it's about. Like we don't need the minor leagues. We're international. We don't need all to have this, the freaking river bandits. You know what I mean? And all of this might be, yeah, sorry, <laughs> we, we're cutting up. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, no, I was gonna say all of this makes sense if baseball wasn't making billions and billions of fucking dollars. They are not struggling. Yeah, because they could just prop it up and pay money, right? Yeah, yeah, because they have the money. I mean, yeah. Manfred's talking about fucking expanding the MLB. Speaking of which, this is kind of off topic. Did anybody see that Orlando presentation for their <laughs> the dreamers for a new team? Yeah, they they took it off a of clip art. Oh my god! Like like, did somebody really think that was going to go over well? Like somebody had to lose a job over that, right? Oh, somebody needs to get punched in the face for coming up with dreamers. Yeah, because that name's kind of taken right now. You know what I mean? Like, to be a dreamer is to be an undocumented Im immigrant who came here as a child. Oh, right, right. now. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, was, I was like, I don't know what team is the dreamers, but, you know. Well, it's also a terrible name for a baseball it's, it's team. It's a terrible name. It's a terrible f name for any team. Boy team, girl team, anything. Nobody. There are no little league teams that are like, hey, what, what team name should we be? That the kids are like, let's be the Dreamers. Let's no. go Dreamers. Boom, boom. boom. I, I'm actually kind of into it. I, I yeah, have to push that, back. But, but that's what you get in Orlando where they have the fucking magic.
which is another stupid name. You can't even. I don't know. It's, you know, I, but I at disagree. least with the magic, at least somebody came up with a nice design with a nice logo. Like this, literally looked like you. It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Homer enters the contest. That's a kids' contest to redo the uh, power plant. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 really? Who, who, what, what person in today's graphic art age couldn't come up with something better than what they had on that? Not only that, it's just like on like a poster board and, and an Edsel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or Edsel, whatever you pronounce it. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the guy in the picture. He's like seventy million years old. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, oh, you're Bill you're Sugars is gonna love this. Bill. Yeah, yeah, Bill's gonna hate this part. Um, but <laughs> no, but it's you know this kind of plays. They're like, oh, we're gonna go to the Kinkos. We're gonna get this poster board. It's gonna be good. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't do PowerPoint. This guy. Yeah. That's all. I'm saying. Uh, most most billionaires are old, old, old rich guys. And 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 in this standpoint right here, you but you're paying somebody. You figure that this guy's paying somebody to come up with something that looks good. It, he didn't do the presentation himself. So somebody, some sort of firm, he probably went to and said, "Look, I'm going to pitch it. This is what I want." I just don't understand how it came out. That it was bad. probably his grandson that does graphic design, and he's like 21 years old. He's like, my grandson make puts puts my head on a Santa Claus every year at Christmas. <laughs> like he's great at Photoshop. <laughs> He'll make the logo. That's For those ex- that didn't see it, this is how original it is. It, it basically it looks like an old time kind of like Fourth of July type of font. And it says Orlando Dreamers with two bats and a baseball. Oh, it's beautiful. See, they got the bat in there. They got the baseball. <laughs> one bat's yeah. going this way. The other oh, one bat's going this way. There's a bat. There's a ball. So you know what you're getting. You're the called the Dreamers. Tangible thing. Dreamer. Well, the Cubs are the Dreamers this year. If they think well, the lottery and tickets. It's in Florida. The last thing anybody needs is another fucking Florida team. Nobody wants another Major League Baseball team in Florida because we don't want the two that are already there. Seriously, the attendance for the Marlin Stadium this year was a joke. And usually, like I said, even with Tampa, and Tampa usually has some pretty good teams, fun teams, fun teams to watch. I don't like, you know, I've heard all the reasons why they don't draw, but it's just weird. It's, it's hot this summer. It's filled with old people who retired from Boston and New York and already have teams. They should have more day games like the Cubs, and then people would go. They're being stupid. They should play at 120. Not only that, they should have like kind of like buffets, like early buffets, like yeah. like a po- post-game buffet for the old people. Yeah. Oh, my God. Old Country Buffet sponsors the uh, Rays. Yeah. That'd be- Just to have an OK Boomer night. <laughs> and then you come in every night. <laughs> every, yeah, every night is okay, Boomer Night. If you were born sometime between World War II and I don't know, Elvis, Elvis uh, joining the war, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Who got, we're off the rails already, and we're so early into the show, and we're already off the rails, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, I don't know, anything else to add about any of this stuff? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really care about the minor leagues, I, but I do care about baseball. And it seems like more baseball is better than less baseball. And the fact that it's going to be a situation where Manfred wants to get real, I don't know, cut the fat about the entire uh, road to the major leagues, at least when it comes to the United States, is, um, I don't know. Kind of sad because, you know, minor league baseball teams are minor league baseball is fun for a lot of communities and it 
will suck that they'll lose their team. Well, for, a lot of, for a lot of people, it's the only affordable option, especially if you're thinking about bringing a family out there. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Nobody was complaining. Nobody was saying we need to get rid of minor league baseball. Have you ever heard that in your life? No, not at all. No, no I've, I've never heard a single person ever say, you know what? They shouldn't have minor league baseball. Nobody's ever said that it's a fucking problem that Rob Manfred invented because I mean, the only people who do complain are probably the 30 owners. Well, it's an inefficiency. They're like, we're going to go get players from Korea and Japan. We don't need the freaking river bandits to find like, you know, some diamond in the rough who comes out of some like Iowa high school. They don't care about that kid anymore. They're like, we got a farm of P of kids from California, from Texas, from the Dominican Republic, from Florida, you know, from Puerto Rico. They're like, we don't, and then we got some Japan leagues that are legit. And they're like, we don't need the river bandits anymore or whatever they're called. The river badgers. No, they were the river bandits, river bandits. You had it. So, I mean, and that's the sad thing is like a lot of, you know, these little like, you know, corn-fed, you know, American kids from the heartland, they're really not going to get a chance without lots of money and parents with time to drive them to travel league games. Yeah, I mean, all these travel leagues and this bullshit is putting uh, poor and even middle-class kids out of the running for, you know, becoming baseball players anyway because they can't even afford to fucking play in, you know, in junior high. It's no longer an option because it's thousands of dollars to play for a season and people just don't have that shit. And, yeah. you, you know, it's ridiculous. They talk about why the game is going downhill with young people. It's because the only teams out there are these shitty fucking competitive uh travel teams that these kids go and they play and their fucking coaches are assholes and they're down their throat and they're fucking telling them to do all this shit. It's no fucking fun. And guess what? When you grow up, you don't fucking think to yourself, Oh, I remember this sport that I played and my coach was a complete asshole for four years. That's the sport I want to watch now. Because that sounds like fun. That's not what you do. <laughs> Just PTSD on the. It, it really is. Channels. I mean, you you go away from that shit. I mean, they want to talk about why nobody wants to watch, like why young people don't want to watch baseball. Because baseball is not fucking fun for young people anymore. And if you take away the minor league game, which is just nothing but fun for young people. Right. Like it's literally it's babysitting your grandpa because he can fucking sit there and he can watch a baseball game while the kids are running around having fun and maybe catching a ball, getting an autograph or some shit. It's a nice you afternoon know. at the ballpark. Everybody's happy, generationally happy. And now that's cut 42 yeah. times all over the country because Rob Manfred hates baseball. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> man, now he's in charge of punishing the Astros, who basically, I guess, used electrical band-aids to cheat us with the rumor. At least electric band-aids are much better than banging on a garbage can. Well, th that's that's <laughs> it, the question is, how deep does this go? Because 
the rules weren't really as uh, they, they made the rules much stricter after 2017. So the garbage can stuff that we've been hearing about, that's all going back to the 27, uh, 2017 season. But the question is, did it keep happening after the rules were put in place that really they were very clear cut on what you cannot do and, and using technology and stuff like that. After and garbage so, cans are banned from dugouts. The question now that'll end up happening is how, how harsh is Manford going to go on it? You know, is is this when you talk about the integrity of the game? We I know Danny was really upset about it when we were doing the podcast last. I'm really week. pissed off about it. I'm like, you fuckers cheated. You should be kind of banned for a year, like AL West, four teams next year. Like I don't give you know, a shit. Just do it. They'll clearly lose draft picks. They'll clearly be fine. But there are people talking, you know, should there be bans on some of these people that work in the office? I'm talking about bans from baseball, similar to Shoeless Joe Jackson or Pete Rose. You completely just not let them in the game. That would be that's considered like the death penalty in baseball, you know. So at this point, do you start to really say if any of you people are going to keep doing this stuff and, and compromising the integrity of the game, then you're not going to be in the game? Because that's what that's what. Gambling did. Gambling compromised the, the outcome of the games. And so this is how is it any different? You know, if you're gambling and you're throwing games here, you're cheating and using an absolutely unfair competitive advantage, even when you were told clearly by the league and the commissioner to stop it after 2017. Yeah. Now yeah. you're using electric bandage. You're like, we just got to get better at this. Man- and- Manfred's not going to do anything. It's going to be a slap on the wrist because Rob Manfred hates baseball. And this is just another way for him to fucking help ruin the game and just continue to make it go downhill until there literally is no reason to watch the game. Well, he's not going to – did you see the the thing online the other day when the Astros owners came out? Or not the owners. Uh, was it the gen- I forget who it was. Some Astros brass comes out. They were protected by people with badges and guns. That was oh, yeah. the uh, I was at the owners meeting, which is where Manford also yeah. kind of talked about the forty-two man, forty-two team cut in mind. But it's the same thing. It was surrounded by uh, 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 police officers. Yeah, you mean cops, corporate well, and, and oppressors, then, personal security, and then people, cops. and then people push back because I said something about. It. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like we're protecting these billionaires with taxpayer money. And then somebody uh, said that you can just hire these guys as personal security anytime you want. I'm like, well, they can afford cops. In other words, the police are also for hire by the billionaires um, to protect them against supporters. who are. But but they're, they're protecting the cops are protecting them from supporters who just want to ask questions. It's not like there's people like I'm mad about the Astros cheating but, like, is anybody really that mad that they're going to be like, you ruined everything, and, like, that this guy needs to be protected from being shot in the throat? Just to bring it all full circle to the beginning of our <laughs> show. You know what I mean? No, I would like, say that there, there's uh, no reason uh, for them to be there. I understand that they can be hired as personal security, but if they are, then they should not be able to wear their uniform or their badges or anything like that. And they should not be treated as police officers in that situation, but they are. Yeah. And that's the fucking problem. Yeah. They are abusing their power. It's ridiculous. That's a whole nother level of bullshit. There. Yeah. And so, in other words, the optics but are this, even uh, worse than electric band-aids. 
with the electric band-aid there's some there wasn't you know a lot of talk about it and there there's video again of this uh during game four of the world series robinson chirino was batting and there was something kind of like on his bat it kind of like like i don't know if it was like kind of like flashing or whatever but when he sits there and he was when he was batting you see something fall. He takes a swing and something falls off his bat. Like it just like, like mm-hmm. bounces almost off the catcher and onto the ground. And he picks it up, looks at it, looks at his bat and puts it in his back pocket. And so everyone's just kind of like, at the time, like everyone's like, that was weird. What was that? But it just kind of, you know, kind of went away. But now as this cheating scandal gets deeper and they're talking about these electric band-aids, everyone's looking at that video again and saying, okay, what was that? exactly what we were talking about there was that some sort of electric band-aid and during that game that they absolutely crushed it it was uh they were against patrick corbin and they were they they had 13 hits eight runs and a lot of it was hitting off speed pitches Mm. well and i mean let's be honest here the one thing that's coming out of this that is good electric (laughs) band-aid is the somebody's band name we are Electric Band Aid. Hello, Cleveland. Right. I'm telling you, Electric Band Aid. I would totally go see that band. Um. Well, uh, if you can't see Electric Band Aid, you can see the Bleacher Bum Band at the Unconventional on January. The Bleacher 18th. Bum Band Aid. <laughs> the, the Bleacher Bum no, that, Electric. That's, that's going to be your your uh, your multi continent uh, fundraiser. Bleacher bum band aid. It's it's our Halloween costume next year. We're going as the electric band aids. Um, but yeah, come see us on uh, January eighteenth. We're gonna have uh, well everybody that is anybody is gonna be at G Man Tavern, uh, hanging out, uh, just drinking and having fun and exchanging white elephant gifts and listening to music and uh, anyway, it's the con- Cubs conventional. I mean, unconventional party and. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be a blast. So I just put it in your calendars. I'll I'll talk about it more later once we figure out what we're doing. Um, TFCs to end it. Yeah, I have one. Let's go. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so the Cubs posted um, a picture of all the mascots at the ice skating rink, and uh, one. Wait, which mascots? The mascots the, for the Chicago mascots, the Blackhawks, the, Bulls, the uh, Bears, Blackhawks, the, Bulls, the Bears, and the Cubs. It says, "Don't you love how the holidays bring everyone together?" And uh, this dude, Mike Prisnowski, says, "Wow, no invite to Benny the Bull for shame." And Jordan Owen pops in. Well, they're not a professional team. <laughs> so just fucking just laying into the bulls kicking them when they're down yeah chicago sports is rotten right now and that's why i'm uh not impressed by the new uh no. you know what i mean can we talk a little bit real fast about southpaw he's frightening oh, God. what is that thing it's a little green locust it's it's like it, it's like if Philadelphia would have gotten Gritty wrong. Like, Gritty's amazing. Southpaw is just uh, nasty. I don't know. 
Well, there, there, I got a tease, uh, TFC on this one here. The uh, Joel Sherman, who's usually a you know respected uh, baseball analyst, but he had a trade. I don't know if you guys saw this oh, one, the KB trade. <laughs> yes, and oh, it, God, it, it, these KB it, trades are fucking ridiculous. This was the Phillies would get Chris Bryant and Jason Hayward. The Cubs would <laughs> nice. get Jay Bruce and Gene Segura. Nice. Wait. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Brizzo's over. Now we're going with. with <laughs> well, here's the thing about Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce takes over for Bryant. And, the, and, and, you, and you keep Brizzo. Brizzo stays intact. Jay Bruce bruh, just ends up uh, sliding right in. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh I somebody needs to go to his house. They need to do a, uh, a like a welfare check on that dude because he is obviously having a stroke. <laughs> it was awful, and, and and there was other people that there was another guy from New Jersey that actually said why Cubs Phillies Chris Bryant blockbuster isn't crazy talk. I said, who is that not crazy talk to? Yeah, that's nothing but crazy talk. And I mean, Jason Hayward just had his first like honestly good year with the Cubs and I think next year Hayward's going to have an even better year because he's not going to have Joe Madden kind of doing odd things with him and I think like how did he get thrown into that and who's going to take that fucking contract at this point yeah just all of a sudden the fillers like sure 50 million more let's go <laughs> yeah didn't the, didn't they just Get a guy for three hundred and thirty million. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, doesn't Bryce Harper play right field? <laughs> yeah, they yeah play the exact same position. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ! So here's mine. It's kind of a throwback one because uh, we haven't done a uh, a Coombs Corner <laughs> Google review in a while uh, of his uh, restaurant. Now, Crawley, have you ever been? No, no, that that's South Side. I, I kind of that's like uh, for me, like in Field of Dreams, where they can't step over the lines. Like once you get to the South Side towards Lockport and all that, I just cannot. I, I don't go past uh, certain it's, areas. It's not that far from the casino, so I think we should do it sometime. Take <laughs> we'll we'll get it. We'll get a bus and we'll go down safety in numbers, and we'll go down to uh, Coombs Corner. But I uh, read one of these. Uh, oh God, I love them so much. Uh, but this is my favorite. Uh, this comes from three months ago, and guess who wrote it? KB. Ooh. <laughs> KB is just not about anything Cubs right now. So I think he's the one on the block more than Contreras. Another throwback. KB says, if I could give zero stars, I would. This place has gone downhill in terms of service and beer offerings in the last year or so. Today, we ordered two draft beers. Ten minutes later, they came back and said, sorry, they're out. In fact, most is out. Here's what we have, dot, dot, dot. So in other words, they were out of beer. <laughs> Not uh, good. Yeah. That's bad news. Yeah. Then we ordered fries with ranch for the kids. Uh, well, KB, oh, we didn't even mention that. KB's fucking, he's pregnant. Well, he's Hey, not. congratulations, the boy. Yeah. Uh, so we'll make more I was of that. More excited about Rizzo's dog, Kevin. 
Yeah, Kevin the Kevin the doctioned. Yeah. So yeah, uh, KB is going to have it. Well, first of all, Theo should just lock up KB and KB's child at the same time. Too late, Boris already signed him. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, I mean, I guess this is a good thing because we know that when you know men have children, they spend more time at the ballpark. So maybe KB's going to bounce back real hard this year. He's going to be angry because he's got to share his Disney movie collection. <laughs> he's like, you totally ruined my version of Mary Poppins. <laughs> you know there's more movies, just cars. Come on. <laughs> Well, and I'm I will to watch this one over again. I will point this out too. KB got his wife pregnant, Jessica, right? Yep. Got her pregnant the same day that he touched me while hitting balls into the river. Uh... It was the same day. Count back. Count back. Yeah, and we know this because Danny is also pregnant right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> we haven't told anybody, but. KB touched him. Yeah, I haven't released my baby bump pics to People Magazine. <laughs> I'm just waiting for your gender reveal. Oh, yeah. Those always go well. <laughs> <laughs> Plane crashes, deaths, axes in the head. Uh, <laughs> Forest bullet, fires. Bullets in the throat. Um, so <laughs> we, have, we have to bring it full circle. We're ending the show that, that's somehow. That's what Barty always leaves out of that story is that it was a gender reveal. Yeah, it was a gender reveal. <laughs> Wayne Mesmer's gender reveal. The bullet was pink. (laughs) Oh, God. We're all going to hell. (laughs) Crawley's so uncomfortable, I could hear it in a silence. (laughs) He's like, I can't be on the show, guys. That's why why I'm passing the the, the Ben Zobras song to you. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, let me go on with this Coombs Corner thing. Another person that will never talk to me again um, after he hears this show for the first time. So uh, KB... Says, uh, then we ordered fries with ranch for the kids. They brought blue cheese. We alerted the server. He disappeared for 15 more minutes. Yeah, probably making his own blue cheese for him. <laughs> He's like, oh, you want blue cheese, bitch? All right, we'll I'll be right back. Um, so um, we asked the hostess for boxes, paid, and left. This was the worst it's been, and we won't be back. I'd sooner drive up to the Bolingbrook Promenade. Ooh, snap. Snap. Oh, that's, Going to Bolingbrook. Um, I, I didn't know if you've seen Irene's review of Coombs Corner, but she drove for almost an hour. She said, almost after almost an hour drive, I only ended up staying for one drink and a couple wings because the service was not good. I felt ignored and that everything was dirty. The wings were okay, but the dink, drink tasted off. Maybe the glass was dirty. Very disappointed because I was so excited to check this place out. Ah, Coom. Coom dog, pull up, bro. I feel like Coom's corner is being run a lot like Coom dog calls the fifth inning. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything's there, (laughs) but nothing makes sense. It all kind of sucks. You have to ask a friend what it means. Oh, God. That's good. Well, can I give you the last line of this this review that I was just reading before? And this might actually maybe put uh, the whole review in perspective by who you think might have written it. BTW, only bright spot was the nice, attentive hostess. 
<laughs> so the guy sounds like a creeper asshole who's like, you know, talking about the tent of hostess, but meanwhile he's there with his wife and kids. Yeah. Who? Oh God, we have to go. Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michael, just fly, fly to Peoria. It's much closer to Coombs Corner than you'll probably get there faster than we will, to be honest. Yeah, yeah how far, how long does it take to get to Coombs Corner? Uh, where? From, they have to, for me, it'd be like an hour. Yeah, it's got to be at like an hour 15 for me, right? Yeah, easily. Yeah, we got to go. It's in a strip mall. <laughs> but so, not the promenade. Promenade. Yeah, yeah. No, promenade. we're Yeah, and if the food's bad, we go to Bolingbrook. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking a look right now. MapQuest with obviously 930 on a Sunday night. No traffic has me there in 43 minutes. All right. So we're looking at an hour, hour 15 down in Lockport. Um, in fact, I would love somebody should call the Sun Ranto Ranters line. 872-216-5375 if you've ever been to Coombs Corner. And give us your review. Yeah. We need oh, yeah. Re- Let us know. Let us know about Coombs Corner. Whoa, 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 whoa. Friday, November 29th, Acoustic Jams with Leo Fron. The Bleacher Bum Band needs to go play Coop's Corner. That's no, for sure. Yeah, that's the event. Oh, I'd be there in a second. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to make this happen. We're going to Coop's Corner. Um, don't eat the food. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat the food. Don't drink the beer. Bring, bring your own, bring bring your your own, own cups, your own dishes. Man, there's just going to be a line of cops in Lockport just waiting for us stewed prunes coming out of there, like hoping the de- the designated driver is only a beer in. This is going to be the reboot of uh, the Blues Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so you, guys, you guys trying to get to fucking Coombs Corner. Yeah, somebody will definitely make a biographical film about this evening <laughs> of us going to Coombs Corner in Lockport. Uh, and by the way, if you're from Lockport, I'm sure it's a lovely place, but uh, but probably but, not. But that reviewer left your entire town. Coombs Corner was so bad. Yeah. Went to Bolingbrook. He went to a different town. With the scum of Bolingbrook. Can you believe it? I don't know if they're scum. Do you know any people from Bolingbrook? I think I might. I know zero. I think my friend Matt is from Bolingbrook. Now, now, Danny, I don't know if you know this right now here, but uh, if there's any, this just popped up on my Twitter right now. The 2019 WWE Survivor Series uh, is happening, and guess who is there? Ron Coomer, Kyle, Kyle Schwarber, with a Stone Cold Steve Austin black vest, cut off jeans. I don't know. It's oh, is he the next Gronk? Like he's going to be out in the ring. Uh, God damn. He's going to be in the ring, fucking pile driving somebody. Oh yeah, it's in my notifications. <laughs> I don't know how. Oh god, I could totally see Schwarber out there going to pile drive somebody, but then just like tripping out of his shoe, dude. Pi- <laughs> <laughs> Man, he would be the best. Yeah, I see him. Ah, looking good. I don't know about those shorts, dude. Uh, he's going for the stone cold Steve Austin look. That, that's yeah. what he's doing there. So, yeah. not many people can pull that look off. Yeah, he's not really doing it either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He looks like he's wearing a Halloween costume, bro. It's almost Thanksgiving. Let's go. Let's go to Coombs Corner. Coombs Corner. Yeah. <laughs> Bleacher Bump Band, March 15th, Coombs Corner. We'll watch the Spring Trading Cubs on the new Marquee Network. 
So, uh, I don't know. Is, is this show over? I guess it's over. I kind of don't want to I think it was end. over a while ago. Yeah, it was, it's been, there was a couple times it should have ended, but now we should maybe just <laughs> spagog. Spagog! Spagog. To kick off the holiday season, as requested, here's a song that Bill Sugas, John Vasky, or Vasquez, and Artie Boucher put together. It's the 12 days of uh, Ranters. On the first day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me Octobers that are playoff free. On the second day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me two players shifting. And Octobers that are playoff free. On the third day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me three true outcomes. Two players shifting. And Octobers that are playoff free. On the fourth day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me four hour games. Three true outcomes. Two players shifting. And Octobers that are playoff free. On the fifth day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me WRC+. Four hour games. Three true outcomes. Two players shifting. And Octobers that are playoff free. On the sixth day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me six mound visits. WRC plus four-hour games. Three true outcomes. Two players shifting. And Octobers that are playoff free. On the seventh day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me seven-hour podcasts. Six mound visits. WRC plus. Four hour games. Three true outcomes. Two players shifting. And Octobers that are playoff free. On the eighth day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me eight different lineups. Seven hour podcasts. Six mound visits. WRC plus four hour games, three true outcomes, two players shifting, and Octobers that are playoff free. On the ninth day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me nine pitching changes, eight different lineups, seven hour podcasts, six mound visits, WRC plus. Four-hour games. Three true outcomes. Two players shifting. And Octobers that are playoff free. On the 10th day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me 10 run losses. Nine pitching changes. Eight different lineups. Seven-hour podcast. Six mound visits. WRC plus... Four-hour games. Three true outcomes. Two players shifting. And Octobers that are playoff free. On the 11th day of baseball, advanced stats gave to me 11 leadoff walks. Ten run losses. Nine pitching changes. Eight different lineups. 
Seven hour podcast. Six mound visits. WRC plus. Four hour games. Three true outcomes. Two players shifting. And October that our playoff free. On the 12th day of baseball advance, that's gave to me 12 ranters ranting. 11 leadoff walks. 10 run losses. 9 pitching changes. 8 different lineups. 7 hour podcast. 6 mound visits. WRC plus. 4 hour games. 3 true outcomes. 2 players shifting. And, and October's that are playing Oh my god, thank you for recording that. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I know you had some delay. Because we face that on the podcast, which uh, sometimes when we sound awkward, it's because we have the, a delay. Um, and so you had to delay and you're singing a song, which is why we can't sing on the show that much. I can sing along, but it's only because it's my gear. Uh, it's boring. So um, thank you so much, John and Artie and Bill. You guys are killing Christmas and we're still a month away. Uh, we're peaking early, but hey, I did that in my real life. Actually, I'm peeking right now. Oh, wait. Right now. No, wait. Right now. Wait. Right now. Wait. Right now. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. 
To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.